What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 29. We cranking these things out, baby. That's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you all. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly. I am the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know what to do. Hit the like, subscribe button, notifications, share it, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Mr. Fourth Along on all the platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Fanatic Views, find my page, man. I'm telling you, give me three listens. Give me three listens, 15 minutes apiece. I promise me. I promise you. I promise me. I promise me. I do promise me, but I promise you too, if you listen three times for 15 minutes, you will fall in love. And if you don't, watch three more episodes. I promise you then you will. And even if you don't, then watch three more. Eventually, you'll like me. Um, you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation uh, in the front end because let's be honest, everybody not going to be it to the end. I am not for everybody, and I'm okay with that. I'm truly okay with that. But here's what I got for you guys today. You ready for this one? This is powerful. Uh, to me, this is very powerful. The biggest way to kill a big dream is to introduce it to a small-minded person. The biggest way to kill a big dream is to introduce it, to tell, to share, to spread it around to small-minded people. And on top of that, to share it with people who do not have the ability to help you achieve it. If your dream doesn't scare the hell out of people, it ain't big enough. Your dream, when you, if you decide to announce it to whoever you announce it to, should be so damn big that the folks around you be like, what? You and, and here's the thing. Come close. Those that get scared of the size of your dream, get rid of them. Get them out of your circle. Because you have now found out the folks who do not believe in you. If when you say your dream to people, they get scared, get rid of them. Because what's going to happen is that dream is going to be so big and so large and their minds will not be able to grasp the fact that we can actually get this done. They'll begin to doubt. They won't work hard. They'll begin to try to derail and go, you know, you're just doing a little bit too much. Nah. You ain't doing enough. One of the biggest ways to kill a big dream is to introduce it to small-minded people. If that dream ain't scaring the hell out of folks, it ain't big enough. But I want folks that's like, when they go, ooh, that's a big dream. Let's go. You know, you know when you make that phone call, if you call your homegirl, you call your homeboy, and you just go, 
Listen, I'm coming to pick you up in 15 minutes. Don't worry about where we going. Just ride. And they ride. Uh-uh, girl. Listen, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Don't ask me no questions. Just get your keys and we out of here. Okay, girl, I'll be downstairs. You need them type of people. That dream needs to be so big that people go, whoo, let's ride. If they go, whoo, we, we can't uh, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get them out of your sphere. Get them out of your reach. Get them out of the picture. That dream that you have got to be so big that it scares folks up out your situation. Now you don't have to worry about carrying the extra baggage. Go get it. Go get it. Because nobody's going to believe in your dream more than you. And the last thing that you need is to be carrying dead weight. It's going to be hard enough. Now, the dream can be big. Oh, the dream can be big. It should be big. The journey going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be it's going to take a little bit of sweat equity. So the last thing that you need is some some non-believers that you got to drag around with you. No. When they get scared of how big your dream is and they begin to doubt, cut him off. Pack him up and get him the hell out your situation. Your dream. You have to be the one to go full force. My hope is you got some riders with you that ain't asking no questions. They just ready to ride. And no matter how harebrained scheme it is at times, you know the folks, let's ride. All right, man, that's what I got for you guys. All right, let's get into the sports thing, man. The Cowboys getting ready to take on the Rams 12 noon at AT&T Stadium. And, you know, I, I, there is no preview. I, 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 there's no preview. This is, this is, this is unfiltered jests. This is, this is I'm off my rockers a little bit. And I, I just feel... If the Cowboys are really who we thought they were. I'm in my Denny Green bag. We are who we thought they were. Let them off the hook. But if the Cowboys are who we thought they were coming into this season. If the Cowboys are to truly find themselves as real contenders and competitors for the Lombardi. Now's the time. You can't, you can't, you, 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 you can't fudge around with no more Arizona type games. You, 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 you have an opportunity now where you gotta get going, man. Like you, you gotta find yourself in a space right now where you gotta hit the gas. You gotta hit the gas. You, 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 you've gotten the, you've gotten the chance to get the kinks worked out. You've seen the, you, you, the season. You, you, you've taken some butt whoopings. You. Give butt whoopers out to some folks. I think now was the time where you really and truly got to get in your bag and go. Starting this Sunday. Let the Rams be put on notice. Let, let the Rams be the next team that you put on notice. That, hey, National Football League. We are believers. 
National Football League, we are who we say we are. National Football League, you got to deal with us. You don't have time to lay no more eggs. You're getting to a stretch where you're supposed to win these next couple games. And maybe you split with Philly. Philly's a good team. But you can't play around with the Rams. You can't play around with, 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 with Carolina. You can't play around with Seattle. You got to beat them. Now is the time where the Cowboys got to take off. Things got to begin to gel. Players, get out your feelings. Stop, stop worrying about everything else that don't concern you. Lock in. Everything you want is still exactly right in front of you. Four, you know, you're 4-2 going into this game. Everything you want is right in front of you. And if you continue on this path, we know, we get it, we understand it. That at some point in time, yes, you're going to have to meet Big Bro in the playoffs. But okay, that's fine. We'll cross that bitch when we get there. But we look at what you got coming up. You got the Rams this week. You got Philly next week. You got the, the Booty Juice Giants, the Booty Juice Panthers, the Booty Juice Commanders. Like, those should be all It should be win, 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 win. Who's that, Travis? Is that Travis? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the hell it is. Win. Be Seattle. If you split with the Eagles, you split with the Eagles. Right? The Buffalo Bills, what are they? I don't know. We don't know what the Buffalo Bills are. I know Josh Allen's a turnover machine. I'm done with Buffalo. Beat them too. In, in Buffalo, in December. It's one thing to beat a man at your home. It's another thing to beat a man at his home in his conditions. It's going to be cold. Oh, it's going to be uh, I'm not a betting man, but I'm willing to bet December 17th in Buffalo. It's going to be a lot of Pushaisis on, on the field. It's going to be a lot of Pushaisis masks on the field. It's going to be brick. Brick. Got to win. Got to win on Christmas Eve against the Dolphins. You got to win. This is the time, Cowboys. Like, this is the time. We got to get going, man. We got to go. We got to go. You got to be, you have to be the driving force of this thing. You got to get back in the conversation of, oh, the Cowboys are a top five team, a top three team in the league. And when you face the Niners, whenever you face the Niners again, I will deal with that when we get there. I'll bring back out the Okarani speech for round two. You got to go, man. Like that, 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 I watch film and I'm watching. Got to go. The, the, everything is there. Mike, you got to be better. Mike McCarthy, got to be better. Dan Quinn, got to be better. Micah, be better. Dak, be better. CD, be better. Offensive line, be better. Defensive line, be, everybody, be better. This is the moment you got to go. Turn it on against the Rams and hit the gas. All gas, no brakes. That's all NFL players do now is speed any goddamn way. Everybody speed in the NFL. If you're an NFL player, all y'all speeding. Y'all just, let's go, let's go. Speed on the football field. Let's go. Cowboys, it is time for you to go. No, no, no more, no more fiddle, fiddling around with, with, with mediocre teams. With teams that are less than. Dominate and move on. Let's go. Like this is the time where the Cowboys have to find their stride. They, they got to get this five, six, seven game win streak in a row. Put yourself back in the conversation of we here. 
Y'all got to deal with us. I don't care about MVP, defensive player of the years, and all that kind of stuff. Put the wins together. Coach Roy Williams used to have a saying, don't, don't worry about who's getting the rewards. If we do everything that we're supposed to do, everybody, don't worry about who's getting the awards. If we put everything together we're supposed to be doing, everyone will get the reward. It's reward season. Shout out to Demarcus Ware going into the Ring of Honor this week and one of my favorite teammates and one of my friends. Congrats to you. I saw them. Um, they, were, they were working on his, um, his thing outside in front of the star, his number. Demarcus Ware is one of the sidebar, one of the, my favorite people. He was one of my best teammates. You talk about getting, wringing everything out of his career. Small town kid from Troy gets into the league and just dominates. Shout out to you, Demarcus Ware. But come on, Cowboys, it's time for you to go. Let's go. All right, man, let's jump around. Uh, let's get into these NFL games. Let me give you my picks and what I think and who's going to do what. Of course, you got the, I'll do them last. The Minnesota Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. Kirk Cousins is coming off a big-time win, beating the San Francisco 49ers in primetime. Kirk Cousins never wins in primetime. Don't know if he'll have Justin Jefferson back for this game. Missed him last week. Didn't matter. Still threw for 375 yards. He's IR. Oh, so he's, he's out. He's out. He's out for the next one, two, three, four games total, but three more. Yeah. Give or take. I mean, it got to be four games, whatever that, whatever that works out to. Well, you already missed two. Okay, so two more. But Kirk Cousins did just fine last week. The Addison kids showed up and showed out. He threw one pick, and then he threw another pick that should have been a pick that Jordan Addison turned into a 60-yard touchdown. Kirk Cousins will give them to you. But this is a 12-noon game, so this is, this, is, this is prime Kirk Cousins. I got the Vikings winning this game. The Atlanta Falcons are taking on the Tennessee Titans. They're talking about now that Will Levis will get the start for Tennessee. Rookie out of Kentucky. I'm going to be honest with you. Nothing personal against the kid. When you start putting mayonnaise and coffee and eating the banana peels and all that kind of stuff, you weird. I'm out on you, brother. But then it's Desmond Ritter. Like, I'm out on you, too. Like, Atlanta's a talented team. They are like they have some pieces that you look at Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, 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 I mean, they got they got Bijan Robinson. They got some talent over there. Don't got no quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback in this league, you'll always be not enough. But I'll take the Falcons over the Titans. Colts Saints. What a mess! What a, what a mess! Derek, uh, uh, Derek Carr is as a quarterback. <laughs> Shout out to my boy uh, Lou Young. He he did a skit from last week, and he's like, he's like <laughs> Jameis Winston is intentionally like unintentionally funny, and, and when Lou breaks it down, what's happening on the sideline? Um, I, I think I think the Colts they got Gardner Minshew, too bad. Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew, so I'm gonna go with the Saints winning that game. Dolphins Patriots. Uh, I mean. The Patriots should lose this game, even though they won and beat the Bills last week. I got the Dolphins over the Patriots. It's in South Beach, so they should be just fine with weather conditions down there. Jets, Giants, the battle of MetLife, the battle of 
Giants are so bad. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, the first starting quarterback in New York Jets history. I think they have like 100 years of football. First black quarterback to get a win. First black quarterback. I root for everything black. Let's go, Tyrod Taylor. But I think you lose this week to the Jets. Sorry. You got one win. Shout out to the black guy for winning. But I think you lose this week to the Jets. This is going to be a good one. AFC matchup, Jaguars versus Steelers. I told you guys, no one gets more from less than Mike Tomlin. But I just, I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Travis Etienne. Uh, I, I like all the receivers that they have uh, in Jacksonville. I'm taking the Jaguars over the Steelers, even though Steelers are playing at home. Eagles, Commanders, give me the Eagles. They move to 7-1 and a firm lead in the division. Texan Panthers, it should have been the, the matchup of the rookie quarterbacks, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. I'm a fan of C.J. Stroud. I really am a fan of C.J. Stroud. Give me the Texans moving to 4-3 and three over the O and will be 0-7. Carolina Panthers, Browns, Seahawks. The Browns sneakily, P.J. Walker, new, one of New Jersey's finest at Elizabeth, New Jersey, will be the starting quarterback this week. Deshaun Watson will be out with the soldier injury. Don't know what's going on with that. Weird situation happening with Deshaun Watson. Kevin uh, Stefanski and the, and, and the Browns are saying, one person says he's fine, saying the medical doctor says he's fine. He's saying he's not. One person saying he's in. Other person saying he's out. I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. All I know is they owe him $260 million, $30 million, whatever it is, guaranteed. It's a cluster mess over there. And this is what happened with bad organizations. But the one thing the Browns have going for them, they got a damn good defense. And, and P.J. Walker's solid. I'm never going to talk bad about my Jersey brethren. I'll take the Browns. I think their defense will step up against the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Browns. On the road. Upset. Is it an upset? Both four or two teams. Three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, uh, well, you get three and a half just for oh. being at home. You get three and a half for being at home. So kind of, you see, even the, the Vegas gives you three and a half. I got the Browns beating the Seahawks in Seattle. Chiefs, Broncos. If Taylor Swift's going to be there, I would go ahead and say put some money on Travis Kelsey getting over 108 yards. Because when Travis Kelsey, when when Taylor Swift is in attendance, Travis Kelsey averaged over 108 yards receiving. As they said on the TV, when he's left to his own devices, he averages 49 yards. So, the game is in Denver, mile high. I don't know what Taylor has on her schedule, but if she's not in attendance, I don't think. I mean, the Taylor Swift effect. She he doesn't play well, but I still think. The, the, the Broncos, who are actually looking to kind of get rid of some pieces, you hear about Jerry Judy uh, is an asset to be traded. Uh, Cortland Sutton is an asset to be traded. Patrick Sertain is an asset to be traded. So I think they're just looking to kind of uh, offload some pieces, and you'll probably see more guys start thinking about themselves. You know what? Let me not play as hard so I don't get hurt, even though when you don't play hard, you actually end up getting hurt, whatever. But you see, guys are going to start making business decisions in Denver. They're looking now to be traded to contenders or whoever they can be traded to because that place is a mess. Chiefs over Broncos in mile high. Ravens put a whooping on the Motor City Dan Campbell's last week. I think they do the same thing to Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are a, they're a feisty bunch. 
They're a feisty bunch. Kyler Murray is kind of in that 21-day window. He won't be playing. You'll get Josh Dobbs at quarterback. The Cardinals are a feisty bunch. They play hard. They play with great energy. They just don't have the Jimmy and Joes. They'll move to 1-7. and seven. The Ravens will move to 6-2 and two with the victory in Arizona. Bengals, Niners. Now, this game would have used to kind of got me super-duper excited. The Bengals are kind of eh this year. And Brock Purdy's become mortal. Last two games, 0-2. Started out his career 15-16-0. And Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. Don't know how long that's going to last, but right now he's in concussion protocol. He'll get his stuff together, hopefully. You know, the, the Niners, they, they felt mortal. I, I watched the game against the Browns. I watched the game against the um, the Vikings. And what they do offensively is kind of still there. Purdy's just missing. For whatever reason, he's missing. And I guess that happens for quarterbacks. Look at there. A quarterback actually misses his receivers. It's not just Dak. Whoa. Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Niners at home. I'm gonna go with the Niners at home, but this can go either way. Bengals can kind of show up, but I think the Niners are kind of locked back in. I don't know if they'll have Debo back. I don't know if they'll have Trent back for that game. We'll see. Those two definitely matter. Uh, not having them in the lineup, you're talking about your, you're talking about your All Pro left tackle and future Hall of Famer and your All World receiver and running back and just gadget guy. If they come back, that helps there. Situation out. Christian McCaffrey is close to breaking the record. I think he has 16 consecutive games with a touchdown. And, oh, Christian McCaffrey. Want to talk about a leader, Tay? Talk about a leader? What happens? Christian McCaffrey loses the football game to the Minnesota Vikings. The one of the Minnesota Vikings players comes up to Christian McCaffrey after the game and want to do a jersey swap. Christian said, nah, bro. I'll do a picture with you. Teammates, too. Stanford. And they were teammates at Stanford. They, were, they have a relationship. But that, that's leadership. Bro, you just beat us. I'll send it to you later on. But right now, on the field, nah. Let's take a picture. We were teammates. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing jersey swap. Just just take note how that works. When you get dog walked, you don't do the jersey swap. Chicago Bears versus the Chargers. You guys already know how I feel. Uh, I packed the Bears up a long time ago. Packed them up. Packed them all up. Uh, I think the Chargers will win that game. Then you have Monday night football. I told you guys, Raiders, Lions, I, as long as I have lung air in my lungs, as long as my voice, not even my, I don't even care, my voice box is not working. But as long as I have air in my lungs and blood beating my heart, through my heart, I will not root for a Josh McDaniels football team to win anything. Give me the Motor City Dan Campbells bouncing back from a butt whooping uh, uh, by the Ravens to get back on the winning side of things and whoop up on the Detroit Lions. I mean, meanwhile, on the, on, the, on the Vegas Raiders. I just don't like Josh McDaniels. It's personal for me. It's personal. I don't like Josh McDaniels. Do something. And then, of course, the Cowboys taking on the L.A. Rams Sunday noon at AT AT&T Stadium. It's time. It's time, Cowboys. It's time. 
It's time. It's time. It's time. I can't say this enough. It's time for you guys to get back into the go mode. Like, no, don't. And I get it. I'm not saying you got to blow folks out by 40, but you need to get back to being dominant on both sides of the ball. Let's go. I got the Cowboys winning this game. Let's go 28-13. Cowboys beat the Rams at home this Sunday, 12 noon, AT&T Stadium. They get busy. Let's go, Cowboys. Let's go. All right, man. Um, moving on. Want to update you on a story that we talked about before. Former teammate of mine, I guess. Former Patriot, former Jaguar, former Colt. Sergio Brown has been charged. We talked about it before. Sergio Brown's mother was murdered. And then he was having these weird spaz out moments on Instagram, which seemed to be like he was in a uh, 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 another place in the United States. Um, he was extradited from Mexico. He bought a one-way ticket. I didn't know that. Bought a one-way ticket to Cancun, Mexico. I don't know why you would go to Cancun. There's other places you probably should have went there. You kind of, kind of, kind of could have hit away a little bit. But he bought a one-way ticket to Cancun, Mexico, after being the last person seen with his mother before her slaying last month. The prosecutor says on Wednesday, uh, Brown, who faced first-degree murder charges and concealing a homicide, appeared in court for detention hearing on uh, on Wednesday before the Cook County Judge Teresa Molina Gonzalez. She denied him pre-trial release. He'll be detained until November 22nd when he'll appear in court. Uh, this is um, this is weird. This is wild. This is sad. And, and, you know, I played on the Patriot team. Sergio Brown was a part of that team. Aaron Hernandez was a part of that team, too. I'm not saying it's a Patriot thing. But it, it, it's, it's, it's a sad situation when you look at because, of course, we all know the Aaron Hernandez story. He, he was found for murders and eventually supposedly killed himself in jail. I don't know all the details. Did he, did he, did he commit a suicide in jail for whatever? But even even with like being around Aaron Hernandez, this was a dude who understood that like football was everything. Like it was his family. It was it was kind of like almost his, like his safe haven. And I'm not saying that I saw or he exhibited murderous ways. Um, but I'll give you a quick story about Aaron Hernandez. When I was there, um, he slept at the facility a lot. Like slept there, not because he didn't have anywhere to go. I don't know if he was running from anybody. That I'm not speculating that. But he did a lot. And I remember him, we were having a Bible study one time, and he accidentally walked in there. We were like, come on in, bro, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And he sat down, and, and he just began to share little things about how he knew that his family was only around him for the money, how he didn't feel like there was anyone that was really a part of his life outside of his daughter that he could really trust. And, you know, football gave him a sense of security and family and stability, and that's why he spent so much time there and, and loved the game so much. And you just see these, you see these players and, and, and a lot of times we see them as these, these superhuman figures. But underneath that helmet, there is something that is going on in their minds, in their bodies, in their spirits. And, and they can sometimes get lost in, in different ways trying to find identities. And you look at Sergio Brown. I don't know what's wrong with Sergio. I didn't know what's wrong with Aaron Hernandez. But you look up, and, and these are guys who committed heinous crimes. The killing of people. Now, Sergio, I don't know if he's in it, he's guilty right now, but they're charging him like he is. He ain't acting like he is an innocent man. 
But boy, man, I, I told you guys this several times before. I'll keep telling you this, man. This, this game takes away from you. It does. Does Sergio end up like this without football? I don't know. Does Aaron? I don't know. But that's the one thing that's in common, besides the Patriots. No. Um, that's the one thing that they have in common is this game. And what it does to your mind and your brain. But this is this is another sad situation that we have to look up and go, Wow. The medical examiners ruled uh, Sergio Brown's mother death a homicide and determined she had been injured during an assault. Because to not just kill the woman, but to do it in the manner of which of like beating her, assaulting her. Sad, sad stuff, man. But uh, Sergio Brown is in custody. He is being charged with first degree murder and concealing a homicide. He will not be released on bond. He will stay in court until November 22nd. Uh, then they'll, they'll, I guess they'll start the pretrial. Um, they'll start the trial information and picking jurors, stuff like that. But this is a weird situation, man. This is a weird situation. And, and, and God rest the dead. Um, his mom is Myrtle Brown. And uh, yeah, man, crazy, crazy, crazy situation. Um, speaking of another story that's kind of near and dear to my heart, my Tar Heels. You know, college athletics, there used to be a sense of, I want to say this right because I still do believe this. Because we have a saying at Carolina, it's not just four years, it's 40 years. It's 400 years. It's forever. It ain't just a four-year deal. This is a family. You become a part of a family. I, today, right now, I'm in a group chat with basketball players from the 90s, the 2000s. 2010s right like this is a family we we, we we chat every single day on multiple topics we support one another multiple topics. that's not every Tar Heel basketball player but it's a, it's a large majority the names you will know I'm not saying that for bragging rights I'm saying that because that's 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 normally what it is you go to a university and I, and I still think this is what it is for for a kid like this but to but I guess sometimes when you hear it it kind of hits different even though you know that's the way that the business is done at times. In college athletics, basketball, football in general has become a business. It has. Coaches have to always protect the fact that if I don't win, I'm fired. And players now have to protect the fact that you know, I, I got to go to a place where I get the most money in IL deals and position myself to probably go forward. But this story about Caleb Love, if you know Caleb Love, Caleb Love was a former basketball player at the University of North Carolina, is now at the University of Arizona. Caleb Love helped this basketball team get to a national championship game, which we ultimately fell short to Kansas and then they try to kind of run it back and, and try to make this thing, you know, happen. But Caleb Love kind of penned this piece about what his conversation was like with Hubert Davis when he came back. And the story reads, it says, college kids are in college athletics by choice. 
but they also are flawed and expose themselves nonetheless. Sometimes they're Caleb Love walking into head coach's Hubert Davis office for an individual meeting in March. After three years and 101 games, 1,400 points, one Final Four run in North Carolina, expecting honesty and shared disappointment, but encountering something grimmer. And Caleb begins to talk about, he says, he walks in to talk with Coach Hubert Davis about his future at Carolina, and Caleb says to Coach, what do you see my future as? Acts love. And Caleb said, now this is, this is the account of Caleb. We don't know if this is actually true, but allegedly, Caleb said, what do you see my future as? And Caleb said that Coach Davis replies, I don't know. Later, Love recalled calling his dad emotionally staggered as he figured out where to go after reaching the end. He said, it hurt. He said, it hurt me because you put trust into this coach. After Coach Williams leaving, you put your trust in him, him being Hubert Davis. I stayed. I could have left and went somewhere else, but I put my trust in him. We had some semi-success, but obviously we didn't win it in the first year. And then the second year, things went to shambles. And it was like, I'm the same player, coach. I'm the same player that was on that national championship team run. And for him to say that, it definitely hit home. And basically, Hubert was kind of like, and most coaches, it, it doesn't, like, you don't get a chance to see these conversations but most coaches will tell players it's time to go not only is it time to go because you you you're, you're not not that you're not welcome here because I think Caleb will always be welcome back at North Carolina he was just there this summer and, and earlier this fall practicing with the guys in the Dean Dome he's he's family once a Tar Heel always a Tar Heel but these are the real facts of what happened what is it? Huber's job at the end of the day is I have to begin to recruit the class for the next four years or one year of one and dones or whatever it is. And if I don't see a future with you on this roster, I got to be honest with you. Now, he could have lied and said, well, you know, Come on back, and now you be on the bench, so your minutes are super super reduced, and now you're super upset, and you can't go anywhere because it's a season. Say, so, not here. And Caleb went to Michigan. It didn't work out in Michigan. It ended up at Arizona. I think it's a great spot for him to be in Arizona. But this is the unfortunate conversation that happened throughout the national, uh, not national, but the NCAA in football and in basketball. We saw it with Dion. Dion came in and said, So some of y'all need to go ahead and jump in the portal. And you saw some kids like, it's unfair. He's kicking us out. He won't give us no film. It's like, you ain't got to give you practice film. That's the nature of the beast. I, I hope Caleb has a fantastic time in Arizona and all the success that he needs and wants and desires and that he goes and plays in the National Basketball Association for years upon years upon years upon years. But this is the business. College athletics have become a business. Hubert doesn't win. Hubert doesn't get the recruiting class that he needs. Hubert's fired. He'll be trying to find a job somewhere else. 
and, 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 and you don't get a chance to coach at the University of North Carolina. You don't get a blue blood. Blue blood jobs don't come open every day. They just don't. The schools in Durham, the Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the 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 kids, they, they don't those jobs stay occupied 10, 15, 20 years. They they ain't there's not a three or four year cycle of those jobs opening up. So you gotta do all that you can as a coach to keep that job. Jobs pay well. <laughs> head coach at Kentucky, head coach at North Carolina, head coach at Kansas pays damn good. It's a legacy job. It's literally a legacy job. You win at those places, you are etched in a place of history in college athletics that never goes away. You win a championship at North Carolina, you get you get spoken about amongst the greats. Unfortunate for Caleb, sad, kind of like, damn, but, but that's the nature of the business. Best of luck to Caleb Love. At Arizona, you know you always going to be a Tar Heel, not just for the time that you was there, forever. Shout out to Caleb Love. All right, I'm going to get into this. I, I've been teasing it for like, like three weeks now. Finally, we're here. This is the Russell Wilson. And this is not me capping for Russell Wilson. Let me say that right now. But this is kind of giving you a little bit of perspective of what may have went. Because it's like, Russ was like this, and then it was just like... This, this drop-off, you hear the teammates say that we're not really, we don't really fool with Russ like that. But I saw this interesting story. I, I initially saw it, um, Ryan Leaf talked about it. And he said, you know, same thing I'm saying. I, I'm not saying that Russell, this is not an excuse for Russell Wilson, but it's to give you a little bit of perspective and and. and because at the end of the day, remember, ladies and gentlemen, that people under those helmets and those jerseys, underneath those, those baseball helmets and those holding those bats, hockey sticks are humans. Things impact them. Can alter the way that they perform, about the things that are going on in their personal life. I know that they're superhuman to you guys, but I'm here to tell you that they are human. And so 2021 is when you've really been seeing, you, got, you kind of started seeing that Russell Wilson decline. Traded from Seattle to Denver in hopes for a fresh start. Was hoping to have another fresh start with the signing of Sean Payton. It just hadn't gone well for Russell. Well, I want to take you back and take you to the inside because Russell's a pretty private dude. You see him as Mr. Unlimited. You see him with Sierra, which a lot of times people call him a cornball because he's actually a good dad and a good husband to his wife. Whatever. Y'all are weird, but... You know, you see Russell, he, he does all this stuff. But this story touched me because it, it, it takes you back and it gives you a, a look of, of, of where Russell Wilson is and where things may have or could have gone wrong. Russell Wilson started his career at NC State, then transferred to Wisconsin where he, he, went, he went to Rose Bowl. Was it a Rose Bowl or one of those bowls? It was a nice bowl. It was a big bowl. It was, a New Year's, it was one of those New Year Day bowls. And... When he left Wisconsin, he ended up going down to IMG to train to get himself ready for the combine. While he was in yeah, right. Rose Bowl? Rose Bowl versus Oregon. Yeah. While he was at IMG, he had this opportunity to meet this young man named Trevor Moad. 
Trevor Moad is someone who is heavily involved into mental health and brain functioning, and he ended up writing a book called, uh, his book was called Getting to Neutral. And what Trevor Moad wanted to preach and to put into practice was eliminating all negative thoughts. So when you look at Russell Wilson, you always hear him say, you know, go Hawks or go Broncos or let's rock. And you always hear Russell Wilson continue to speak. Now, I'm not Russell Wilson's teammate. I know that guys like Marshawn Lynch and, 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 and Richard Sherman and others have a different perspective of, of Russell, but I'm just giving you this story. And meeting Trevor Mo, uh, Moad, it was he and Trevor and Russell was working together to kind of eliminate the negative thought process. Everything that you were going to be great at. And Russell spoke about it in a conference. He said, when I met him, he said he went to his office and he sat down with Trevor and he said, um, you're going to be great. That's what he told Russell. And Russell said, I know I'm going to be great. And then Trevor said to him, do you, do you know why you're going to be great? He's like, yeah, I know why I'm going to be great. Do you know why I'm going to be great? And Trevor said to him, I do. And it's your mind. You're going to have one of the best minds of the game. Not too high, not too low, no negative thoughts. You're going to dominate the mind space. We know that you can play the game. It's evident of your being here. But the, the way to win the game and dominate the game is to be strong mentally. And so Trevor and Russ became tight. Russ even says we became best of friends. Spent a lot of time together going through this, this process of eliminating all the negative thoughts. Being able to, to, to have a clear mind in everything that you do. And, and, and over time they begin to have this friendship, brotherhood. Highs and lows, winning a Super Bowl, losing a Super Bowl. And Russ even talked about after losing the Super Bowl, he called him up and they had a conversation and they got right back to work. Well, unfortunately, Trevor passed in 2001, excuse me, 2021. And when Trevor passed, it's kind of when you saw Russell begin to have the decline in the game. Arm talent's still there. Doesn't have a problem with arm talent. Still athletic. But people around him said there was something different. Now, as someone who, for the large majority of his life, did not, did not take therapy serious, didn't even go. I was in the camp of, you know what? Therapy's for crazy folks, and I ain't crazy. And I had this jaded thought and this jaded process of, of now, that doesn't mean I wasn't successful, but, but I can tell you that my life has been so much more different now that I have a better understanding of the mental aspect of things. I remember one time my therapist, we were having a conversation and like his and it, the way he was talking kind of felt like he was like breaking up with me. And I like, oh, I said, oh, 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 where are you going? I'm like, you ain't leaving me. Like, I, that's the way I felt. I'm like, not that I'm the codependent on him, but there's something when you have that support system around you. 
Some of you have lost parents, siblings, spouses. And it affects you in a major way. You're just not the same anymore. You're not whole. And for a guy like Russell Wilson, who's had Trevor by his side at the time that he entered the league, and they've been able to work together over time to build this mental toughness up and to build these mental strategies up and to build my way of thinking and leadership and all that kind of stuff, and then you suddenly lose him. Trevor died of cancer. And the thing was, it was even more tragic because Trevor didn't tell anybody. He kept that to himself because he didn't want to be a burden. So imagine having somebody that you've connected with, built a friendship and brotherhood with, who's helped you every single day of your life, and then they tragically go. I'm not caping for, 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 for Russell Wilson. I'm just saying that if you want to... If you want to correlate something that's probably affecting him or impacting him in a way that's performance-based, this might be it. This might be it. I just found this story extremely interesting because I, I, I like the human side of people, I, the athlete. And knowing that you have something that, that, that kind of changes your perspective and changes the way you think about things and the way that you approach things in the mind. People will tell you all the time, football people will tell you, the game is mental. It is 90% mental, 10% physical. And when this is not right, nothing else is right. And you think about everything that Trevor Moad and Russell Wilson has been through and then to not have it anymore. Takes a toll, man. Takes a toll. I wonder if you ask Russell Wilson, and he'll probably make no excuse about it. But even in, even in this part where everybody's blaming him, teammates fussing at him and yelling at him and cussing at him, and uh, Russell stayed the course. You've never heard him say anything negative. He stands in front of the media, takes the blame. I have to be better. It ain't all on Russ. I'm, again, I'm not caping for Russ, but I, I just I'm correlating this correlating this story into what could be. You know, and Sean Payton's old school kind of coach. He ain't trying to hear all that. Oh, I lost my boy, and my mental coach, and all that kind of stuff. He's like, I, I got to fix it. I'm the, I'm supposed to be the savior. I need you to be the savior with me. But this could be one of those stories that you look at and go, hmm, interesting. Those of you who know and deal with mental health and, and understand what that therapist and that session means to you and, that, and, those, and those coping mechanisms mean to you, you understand. When those things aren't had, you ain't the same. When you don't have those sessions where you can get tips and, and, and methods and methodologies and ways to, to cope with certain things, you ain't the same. Could possibly be the same with Russell Wilson. If you're looking to do more of that, Getting to Neutral is the name of the book by Trevor Noad. Moad. But I just thought the story was really interesting, and I wanted to make sure that I finally got to it, even though it's been a while. Um, that's it for me, man. That's all I got. Um, uh, yeah, man, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you every single time. 
You don't know how much this means to me. Episode 29, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button. Tell somebody, Apple, Spotify, Mr. Fourth and Long on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fanatic Views. Find my show on YouTube. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Make me a part of your everyday living. I want to be a part of your life. I love you. I do. Make me a part of your life. Allow me to come in and be family. We're family. Yeah. We're family. Don't ask me to borrow no money, though. Because y'all not watching enough and I ain't making no money. No, no I don't have no money either. Uh, but remember, man, the biggest way to kill the big dreams is to give it, to introduce it to small-minded people. Your dreams should be so damn big that it's scared of folks around you. And if they ain't ready to ride, cut them off. Remember, never let anyone tell you that your life is better than yours because it is your life. I love you guys. Eliminate the contingencies. We out!